Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the third episode of the Embodied Wealth Podcast. We have another Kundalini Yoga human um, for our series. So if you want to introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. My name is Daja Alexandra Ramos, and I also go by my spiritual name, Jyoti Makande. I am the CEO of Recovery Organization Resources, and I'm also a human in recovery from substance use disorder. And I also make tantric malas, and I read astrology, and the list can probably keep going on. Um, And that's one of the reasons why I'd love to be here with Mariah. Thank you so much for having me, is I also saw that you do so many things, and I think a lot of that has to do with um i know for me my kundalini yoga practice my creativity and just the kind of like extra energy and battery pack that i can hold um at times to be able to do so many things oh i forgot i'm also in grad school so i graduated in may of 2021 with my master's in social work amazing so um the the previous humans that were on here they also do eight thousand jillion things um so <laughs> I'd like to start off <laughs> asking um so what your life was like prior to your your practice and um how this practice has made tangible differences in your life so um I found kundalini yoga probably my third year of recovery from substance use disorder and the way that I view my own personal recovery is it was just a complete lifestyle change. So when I stopped using opioids, which was my uh, substance of choice, I had to learn a new way to cope. Um, And I was originally a part of a 12-step program. And I uh, loved my 12-step program, but then I moved. I moved to Louisiana and the 12-step programs were different. And I was looking for something else. I had been practicing meditation um, for a really long time, actually, since I was nine years old uh, when I first found a meditation book. But I, um, I found it because I was in Thailand and there was a, a yoga called Mahasiddhi Yoga. And it was yoga that you could pretty much just close your eyes and, 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 and do the practices and start to feel the energy. And I was like, this is amazing. Um, and I was at a time in my life where I was kind of transient. And I was like, if there is anything I could do right now in the world, what would I be doing? And I had, I'd hurt my knee. Uh, with a with an ACL surgery, what well, I hurt my knee with an ACL injury, and I and I went back to the United States to go get ACL surgery. So, um, that's the time where I kind of found Kundalini Yoga. I wasn't able to work out. I was um, living at home with my parents, and I had moved out when I was pretty much sixteen years old. So, I was in this place of like living back with my folks not able to walk. Um, I was in a lot of pain. Um, I was also prescribed opioids for my injury as well. So it was a really weird time in my life. Um, And I knew I needed to get back to just something where I could experience myself. And I remember the first time that I did Kundalini Yoga, it was literally just spinal flexes to the mantra Jai Te Gung. And I was like, 
oh my God, this is amazing. And it was the first time that I felt um, the energy rising from my spine. So life was okay. Um, but there were some things going on before I started to do um, practice Kundalini yoga. And what made you sort of fall in love or continue the practice and be a little bit more serious about the practice? Yeah, so I, when I practice the Jai Te Gung, uh, the Jai Te Gung is a mantra that like cuts through all blocks. Um, and it like, I was home alone, and I was just kind of bored. I was really bored. And I wanted to use the time like for myself to be introspective to learn something new. And when I had that first experience where I felt the energy uh, within me, like I knew it was mine, I knew I was experiencing myself. And I just it felt really powerful. I felt like, wow, like, this is amazing. Um, so I just kept doing it. I kept doing it because I couldn't really, like, work out like hardcore. I'm, I'm someone that used to do like two a days and like really into squatting and all that kind of stuff. And when you can't squat because your knees injured and, um, you know, like, and you're all you can do is sit and you've got a brace on, you're very limited to what you do. So that limitation actually like, um, catalyst, it was a catalyst to having me go, go inwards. And I just, I just kept practicing. And once I kind of learned like, oh, in 40 days, like we do things for 40 days in the, in this yogic tradition, I was like, I can do this for 40 days. <laughs> and then how long after your 40 days, you decided that you wanted to, to teach? So I just, I've always kind of just been teaching throughout my practice. I've been teaching everything that I know. Because I get, when I feel immediate like benefits, I share this stuff with people. And um, I, especially in the recovery space, people are always just like, how, well, how do you deal with this? And how do you deal with this? Like, there's only so much you can talk through stuff, right? Like, talk therapy is great. Have a lot of friends. Got a lot of homies. Love picking the phone and talking <laughs> to people. I also have a therapist, you know. And my partner's a great listener as well. But sometimes, like, I know for me, I want to process things myself first. And I want to get through things kind of my, I want to transmute the energy myself first, because I don't want to dump on anyone else. And so things like Fist of Anger, I love, it's easy to teach. I love doing that. And um, I am, I have not been through any formal teacher training. But when, when I have an experience, and I know enough to teach someone, I, I teach. Hmm. And um, where did I find you again? Ram, Ram was the um, Facebook group, right? <laughs> yeah, Ram, Ram Alive. Yeah. <laughs> um, so have you had, um, I'm assuming that you binge watched or obviously seen Hari Jeevan's and Guru Jayat sort of teachings and, and all the things? Yes, I um I owe so much of my kundalini yoga experience to the Rama community, to Guru Jagat, um, who I have been um, following her teachings, I think, for the last three or four years. And um, another part of recovery is your community. And I think it's just a part of human life, really, like just to have a community. And society has really changed that for all of us, where we were sometimes I've, I've been in, I've walked into rooms and felt like very lonely and not connected. Um, so it's been one of the most 
joyous things in my life. One, to be able to connect with myself um, and then connect with people who are also like on the same vibe and like frequency like you, like, you know, when I just saw like what you were doing and all the stuff that you're producing, I'm like, this is great. Like, these are the type of people I want to be around. Mm, totally. <laughs> um, um, I find there's a common theme amongst the Kundalini um, humans <laughs> um, where it's like you have to do the practice very deeply in order to understand the like the technical scientific thing that's actually happening to you, but also the very intense, magical, esoteric experience <laughs> that it's also happening at the same time. And um, like for the people that are listening, the whole point of me doing all of these episodes um, around this topic is for people to get um, a feeling through, you know, not just me spamming the internet of <laughs> but also get other people's um, experiences with the practice. So what would be one of the most like um, tangible, more on like the scientific side uh, benefits so you've, that you've experienced and what is one of the more esoteric benefits as well? Ooh, okay. Love this. So I don't know. We're, we're probably not going to show if we show the, maybe this is where you show the video. So I don't know if you've seen my skin, but this skin over here is because <laughs> I've been doing three minutes of cat cow every day for probably the last like three or four years. And honestly, I look at myself in the mirror and I'm just like, damn, <laughs> like this is the best my skin has ever been. And like, I just want to say it that I used to use proactive uh, when I was a teenager because uh, I had really bad acne and like now I don't and I'm an adult I'm 31 years old and uh I'm just like I I look at myself and I'm like I feel radiant I look radiant and I always knew this is what was inside of me so like it's showing now on the outside because the three minutes of cat cow is the resets the uh, glandular system, you know, and I feel it in my body. And it also releases the stress out of the spine. Um, and that's the first thing I do pretty much every morning. I didn't do it this morning. Uh, tough to get out of bed. But we are on the heels of a full moon <laughs> and eclipse season. But um, I want to say that has been that like, the plasticity, the plasticity of like my skin and like, just, um, just, the youthfulness that I feel in myself these days, I feel younger than I did when I was a teenager. And I'm like, all right, I, I'm <laughs> going to keep doing this. Um, the more subtle benefits. I, I love that you asked that question because in the Kundalini yoga tradition, we have the subtle body. I think it might be like the ninth body. I think is the subtle body, the ninth subtle body. Um, it's so, so there's so many subtle things that have happened, but they're not that subtle when you kind of like actually like are in tune to it. So things like on Guru Ram Das's birthday, um, I wouldn't even know it's his birthday, but I would automatically wake up at, at 3 or 4 a.m. And I'm like, man, why can't I sleep? And I'm a, I'm a really good sleeper. I, um, I'm a tourist rising. So like I sleep hard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like to just wake up and then I like know like there's something that I need to be doing and then I look on my phone and I'm like oh it's Guru Ram Dass's birthday maybe I should go chant mm -hmm. uh, and it's because I'm connected to the larger community 
of Kundalini humans that are practicing during that time. Um, and I'm sure my subtle body goes to them to practice, but you know, it's so much for my physical body also to get up and practice. Um, so, so, and that's just one time there's been so many other times where I just magically like wake up or, um, notice like, I need to go do something else or there's something else that's other that's important right now. So that's one of them. And I don't know what you would call this one. It was a subtle change. I've been practicing the addiction meditation for also four years now. And I've been a coffee drinker my whole entire life. I love coffee. And within the first 40 days of practicing addiction meditation, I just stopped drinking coffee. And I (laughs) still don't understand. I'm like, this is crazy. I, I, taste it now and I still like the taste and the smell uh but sometimes my body just repulses it and I'm like this the only it has to be the meditation yeah I have a similar thing with um like sugar like I can eat some you know some dark chocolate but like my like my that reach for sugar doesn't really exist anymore and it's interesting because you know the whole point is to remove that addiction then you're like oh my god I have so much space because I'm not thinking about that all the time (laughs) yes Yes, we have to fill the addiction with something else. <laughs> Positive and nurturing. <laughs> um, so what is your, I guess, your um, daily ritual or connection in regards to like your own personal practice? So you mentioned a couple things, um, but then also your sort of give back that you're, I, know, I notice you sort of do lives a lot um, for certain meditations. Yes. So um, my daily meditations look like I do three minutes. So this is like my like when I'm able to do all of this, you know, because Kundalini Yoga is the householder's yoga. So I really like how flexible I can be with my practice that, um, you know, it can change the time can change. Um, And also, like, if I can give a minute, like I can give a minute. So I'll do three minutes cat cow, three minutes Sarabandandes, three minutes of fist of anger. And then I, I've been doing auric projection for the last three and a half years. I do intelligence meditation, and then I'll usually do three to five minutes of addiction meditation and then 26 frogs. So at its largest, it is about an hour. And then at its smallest, I can get it down to 30 minutes. But if it's been a tough day, tough morning, I'll, I'll do a little bit in the morning and then I'll do a little bit at night. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I love the householder. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Right. Because it's like, how do you expect us to do all these things? Like go to school, do an internship, run all these businesses. Like, and that's what I really love that it's so practical and the effects like it, it works. Um, I've also been going live every night around 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as a way to give back to the recovery community. Um, a lot from my experience, I am not seeing these tools taught to really not many people um I feel like we're in like a secret club and like cult but like it doesn't it doesn't need to be that way you know (laughs) so I I teach I teach quick meditations no more than 20 minutes and I just kind of share like all right this is my experience if you want to tell me about your experience cool and it's just another way for me to connect and especially during the holidays I think a lot of people um I know for me can could use some extra tips and tricks and extra community 
Yeah, definitely. (laughs) It's totally selfish. Like me going live is just like, I want people to say hello and I want to connect with people. And like, it's, I find it's been like, I wasn't a live human prior. Well, I was kind of before COVID, but when COVID hit um, first, like in March area, like I went hard on lives for like, like, you know, four or five months, um, like almost every day or twice a day. And it just like you really experience, oh, like I can't have community and connect with people in this way. And yeah, it kind of becomes like this addiction <laughs> to sort of connection. Um, yeah. I would definitely say that. Um, like, I would say like 80% addicted to connection, 20% addicted to validation. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Because it does feel good to like get a like or a heart or a comment that like, Hey, this really helped me. Mm -hmm. Um, I was not a live person. I actually was not a huge social media person at all, uh, except for like my business stuff, but it just felt it just felt really right to just be doing all these things. And I actually went to see a homeopathic doctor before, before I was teaching all my lives. And um, she recommended me Califos, which is uh, fortifying. It's a um, potassium phosphate. And because um, the homeopathic um, practices are just so intuitive and like you're the, the next thing that you're supposed to do when you, uh, when you take your medicine is like, that's exactly what you were supposed to do. Um, so that impulse to do that was what happened. And then it's just like, wow, like, I love it. I, I just love it so much. <laughs> um, what else we got here? Um, it'd be interesting to know, like what your vision for 2020 one is in regards to all of like we haven't even gotten into like what you actually do in regards to your different businesses and organizations and things if you want to talk about that and how does how you sort of weave your practice within them and how they support yes absolutely so right now my my focus is to stay still and graduate in may 2021 um running a national nonprofit recovery organization resources our tagline is hear us roar and we're here to disrupt the narrative around addiction treatment i don't think that everybody needs treatment and i don't think treatment needs to be a hundred thousand dollars um because people don't have a hundred thousand dollars um some people right and for the people that do awesome um So with Recovery Organization Resources, um, part of my day is uh, organizing our partnerships. We're working with two organizations right now to, in the recovery housing space, recovery houses are for people um, who have gone through treatment or who are transitioning from experiencing homelessness into a home with other people who want to live in a recovery house. So for 2021, my my goal and my dream is to really start to look at the ways that we can make recovery houses a part of, and this is good because here we're talking about another community, right? And for a lot of people in recovery, um, they might have felt alone and might have, might not have felt like a family. And these recovery houses where, where I felt my first family and where other people can find their, their families as well. Not my first family, but my chosen family. And, um, there's a lot going on in the United States regarding recovery houses. So I'd like to 
be able to show people how important they are, how important community is. And that's one of the things I'd like to work on in 2021. But in terms of what's going on, like politically and energetically, I really think a lot is going to have to burn um, and needs to be shaken up still. I think we're still going to be working on a lot of stuff energetically. And it's up to a lot of practitioners, Kundalini yoga practitioners and and empathetic people to kind of be holding the space for other people and transmuting um, the energy and the darkness that exists um, and, and shedding light on the places that need to be shed light. So I think we're going to have to put on our seatbelts, strap <laughs> on. <laughs> so like, you know, I just told you a little bit about my day job, but like, this is obviously like way more important. And that's why it's really important to be like, you know, having a energetic practice because there is my day job is definitely important, but this stuff too, like it feels mission driven. It feels like needed. Um, it feels like a priority. And sometimes I feel like so much is going on energetically, like with my subtle bodies when I'm sleeping that, um, you know, like that's probably one of the reasons why I like to sleep a lot. <laughs> We're doing work in here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You get it. <laughs> um, I find you mentioned uh, the whole like waking up at three. Like I'm just now I'm wide awake at 3 a.m. 3.30 every day. And I don't know if you did it or not, but they had um, Guru Jagat had this, uh, Rama had this like 24 hour <laughs> mantra. And like chanting or playing in the background for 24 hours. I feel like that like reset the entire situation and now I'm like, it just dissolved this whole time thing of when you're supposed to do time. So like for you doing, you know, doing all the things that you're doing, I, like for me, I noticed that like you, you have to have a different relationship with time in order to do all of the things. <laughs> Absolutely. And I was definitely one of those people that was kind of obsessed with like, I don't have enough time. Um, that's a really old belief that I used to have for myself. But I even like in my rest, I feel like I'm resting so much, but it's only the time it doesn't even really exist. It's just I need to do this. I need to do this. And there's enough time for for everything. I did pop into the the mantra, the 24 hour mantra. Um, and I want to say too, I think the intelligence meditation and things like those events of like being able to practice with community and doing it for 24 hours. Um, grad school has been really easy. It's been so easy that like, I'm not worrying about my papers um, at the graduate level. And I've always been very intelligent, but I think my anxiety from grad school and just working and planning, like the, the anxiety that comes from like doing that stuff is just from the planning, the planning of like, do I have enough time? Can mm -hmm. I do all these? But I'm finding myself like, don't tell my teacher is able to do like write my 15 page papers in a sitting one <laughs> sitting. And, um, it's really funny. My partner, he's also in grad school and he has to start his papers like three or four weeks earlier. So um, I get it. I get it. And I still do my papers earlier sometimes, but you know, on the day where it comes, where it can all come out in one, in one day, I'm like, Wow, this is amazing. Yeah, I definitely, that intelligence meditation, I find it just recalibrates the entire system. And you're just like, I'm ready. You got my second wind. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. And like, also don't tell my teachers this, but I haven't opened one book of my of my classwork because I haven't had to. And I also want to tell everyone, I still have A's. I have A's in all my classes. 
have not read any of the books. Um, <laughs> so I think <laughs> the intelligence meditation like really, really works. <laughs> and for me, when I started practicing it, like so much water came out of my eyes. I don't want to say tears um, because I don't want to say that I was crying. It was just like water would just like fall out of my eyes. But I know that something that the meditation does, it, it um, helps you release like deep seated anger. And I think, you know, as a child, definitely I, I had lots of anger and, and I've got four planets in Scorpio. So I have a lot of heat. Um, so <laughs> um that IQ meditation is has been everything to me I like how in like in the teacher training they talked about um how it's like y'all want material and all the things but like most of the teachings come from transmission and I find the intelligence meditation it's really made me understood because I was doing some teachings at a retreat that I was holding and I was like I was like oh that's pretty cool like I was impressed by myself and the information that was coming through and that's what Hadiji even talks about in regards to like you want to learn something when you're when you're teaching so yeah I definitely if you're listening here I definitely recommend that you do that on the daily <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't see that, but I love that you said that because teaching gives the whole experience of like, it's an, it's a new way of learning. Like the best way to learn is to teach. Um, and I was just talking about that with my brother this morning who, um, this is also an amazing story. So he, um, like failed calculus twice and he's been on and off with Kundalini yoga probably for the last like two years. And now that he's like stick to a practice among other things, he's gone sober and, um, you know, is working out and, and doing all this other stuff. Now he's getting hundreds on his calculus test. And just last semester he was getting F's. Um, <laughs> so I'm trying to like drive home to him. Like the fact that like, Hey, you're doing Kundalini, you're doing Kundalini, but He's doing so many other amazing things too that uh, we can't pinpoint it on just Kundalini, but I know Kundalini is a huge part of it. <laughs> yes, yes, and I'm I rem I think it was a live Guru Jagat, and I forget um, the lady's name. But they were talking about how if both parents aren't ready for the child to come into the world, that actually decreases the child's IQ by like twenty percent or more. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, my mom's a teen mom, so that's not great. <laughs> <laughs> and then I sort of looked at it and I noticed like I wasn't good at math like I was really good at art but like anything intellectual I had a really hard time with um but mm -hmm. been doing this intelligence meditation for however long it just everything's a lot quicker everything makes more sense it's just like in my poetry is a lot better and it's just like this amazing um connection with your own mind and your own spirit for sure I, I want more, I want more intelligence. And I know that sounds selfish. And I'm like, I, I need to, I've been slacking a little bit and I've been doing it for like five to seven minutes, but you're making me feel definitely more inspired around it. Um, I'm curious for you, um, how, how long have you been, how long have you been practicing the IQ meditation? Um, probably like religiously, probably six months. Um, what did, how do you imagine uh, Jupiter and Saturn? So the way that I see it, I see them like right in front of me, but they're sort of smaller and I see the ring hitting the other planet. It kind of makes this within my own body. And then what started to happen is I see little, like two little versions of me on top of the planets also doing this. <laughs> so there's like a lot going on at any time like focus starts to go over here because I have a thought or a download it like my mind goes right into where like those exact points sort of meet. 
it's so very, yeah it's very hip, hypnotic <laughs> it's so amazing I've, uh, I've I ask everyone who practices what how do you imagine Jupiter and Saturn um and it's it's changed so much from the beginning to the end um and uh I have such a deeper relationship with Jupiter and Saturn too now that I've imagined them so much and then just think about them in the astrological sense as well um Sometimes I imagine them smashing and then sometimes I imagine them like lightly touching. <laughs> so it helps me be creative and imaginative. Mm-hmm. And I think there was, yeah, there was a lot of Saturn. Was it this, what week is this? Yeah, I think there was a lot of Saturn happening. Um, and I noticed when I was doing it, it was like, <laughs> like, you can like really feel when the, when the planets are doing things. <laughs> oh my gosh. It really like just, it puts you right in where you need to be. What would be your like favorite teaching? Oh man, there's so, there's so, 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 so many. I, I really liked um, that we as Kundalini Yoga humans need to be able to um, trance ourselves. Um, I think there's really something uh, really empowering about that, that especially as a person in recovery, I am always um, you know, the, the reason that I use is because I was trying to like get something outside of myself. I didn't want to feel, or I wanted to feel outside of myself, or I needed a power outside of me. But the fact that I can do a meditation and, and like literally like get there and trance myself, um, is just been so helpful. Like if we're not trancing ourselves, if we're not hypnotizing our own self but with our own narrative and our own mantras and our own, you know, self-psychology, we're going to be tranced by other stuff out there in the world. And it's really easy to be hijacked by um, mainstream media, consumerism, um, whatever else is going on in the world. It's so easy to be, to be hijacked that way. So, you know, it's like I can energize myself. I can trance myself. I can put myself to sleep in three minutes. Um, and I definitely don't always do all those things all the times, but when I'm conscious enough of the way that I'm feeling and I'm conscious enough to know that like, okay, I need to change this behavior, then like I can do it. And that's, it's been so empowering to me um, that I can do those things. And, I, and another thing too is um, I also like to think of our like crown chakras and our third eye as like a satellite, right? You know, so like, there's like this always like, I'm not doing a satellite, right? <laughs> um, I always think of this as like a satellite, you know, so we have our own broadcast, everybody has their own broadcast, and people are broadcasting stuff, but like, not only are you broadcasting, but you're downloading too. Um, so I always I think about the, the broadcast a lot. And I think about the kind of signal that I'm looking for, and the signal that I want to put out. And it's kind of just the same thing. And like, is a science, I don't know, like attract likes, like attract, like attracts like, you know, that we, we vibrate with the humans that we um, are, are on the same frequency with. And, and so what we say in recovery too, is if you don't heal certain wounds, you're going to, you're going to track that. And I'm sure people say that even out of recovery as well. So it's just kind of those really logical, practical stuff that like, Hey, if you haven't um, healed this, your, your heart chakra, because your ex-boyfriend dumped you like six years ago, like you're going to, you're going to attract the same dude that you're going to probably want to dump. Um, and that's the same signal and broadcast. And so when I talk about recovery, 
being a lifestyle change. And I talk about like Kundalini being the vehicle where that was my, my lifestyle change. It's like, how can we continue to broadcast what we want to broadcast and, and download what we want to download? Cause we're just like human. We're, we're human computers. <laughs> yes. I love, I love how they talk about, um, you just need to transport and find a new location because that relieves this whole pressure of that. It needs to take 70 years to get through the thing. You just like, no, you make a decision and then you, you allow that acceptance of no, I can operate. And that sort of gets rid of that whole, whole imposter syndrome because then you're just like, no, I'm allowed to be in a different place. Do you ever feel like you're not like I Kundalini yoga has definitely made me feel more human, but also not human at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was practicing a JLA, which is uh, uh, a mantra to be in your power. And I would do it 10, 10 to 11 times, probably um, every day for, uh, for a, a, a good amount of time, maybe 90 days, maybe 120 days. And they say, if you practice a JLA, you uh, are able to jump time, like 10 timelines, maybe um, I don't think 10 is the right number, but you're able to jump timelines. And that's kind of what some of my experience has been like. I'm just like, whoa, is this my life? (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) I definitely have experienced the jumping in the quantum leaps. Like just in the last, what, three months, my business has exploded in a way that I can't even comprehend. But I also don't feel like it but also like I'm so in it where it doesn't feel like there's much change at the same time. So definitely those quantum leaps and I definitely contribute the whole Kundalini situation (laughs) um, for that. And what would you like, what other practices, energetic practices do you have um, outside of Kundalini and have, I'm assuming that these probably have have enhanced um, your abilities or things. Yeah, so I've always been um, fairly intuitive, um, and Kundalini Yoga has just been a way for me to strengthen my intuition. So I've I've always read tarot, I've always done astrology, but like now, like I don't have to practice being intuitive. It's like the words that I say are just like that. That I was just on a call before this, um, and I was talking to an artist, and it sounded like she was struggling, and I was, and it. It wasn't like a conscious, like, oh, she's struggling. It was like, you know, I, I read birth charts. I'd love to help you. And she's like, you know, I have, I've actually been struggling and I'd love, I'd love for you to read a little bit more about me yet because I don't really know where to go next in my life. And so it, like, I don't even have to think about being intuitive anymore. Like I just am intuitive. Um, I don't have to tap into it anymore. Like it's just like a part of me now. Um, I want to say that energy healing has always been in my family. Um, I had a chance to go back to the Philippines maybe three years ago, and I've uh, been trained in Reiki as well. And I knew it was just in my blood. Like I knew that like energy healing was just in my blood. Um, They practice psychic healings in the Philippines, but it was really taboo. And in a really Catholic country, it was like, uh, you know, like really on the low, you had to know a person that knows the person. (laughs) And then like, and then someone's organ got taken away and they kind of just like stop. So like, it's really super taboo. And then I went back to um, the province where my family is from. And I found that I had an uncle who is uh, like a herbalist and also like a healer. And he's like the town like healer and like loads and loads of people like come to him. And I'm just like, 
couldn't even really understand him, but I just, it just validated for me that like, wow, there's this like healing energy inside of me and, and it lives inside of me. So I've always, um, just practiced like energy healing. And I've also just like imagined sending healing to, to people and not just healing, but like love or like just thinking about people. And ever since I've practiced, been, been practicing Kundalini yoga, um, a lot more people, they tell me like, they dreamt about me, which is always kind of weird, right? Like when like your ex is like, I dreamt about you, but it's not like that kind of like, I dreamt about you. It's like, um, you know, they say in the dream, that person, even though like I might've showed up in the dream, it's still that person. Mm -hmm. The person that shows up in, in the dream for them is always not like me, like, (laughs) like it wasn't like me it's like always like a dressed up like me like who's who who the way that they explain it is like super badass and like super like all this but like it's there's this other projection of me or this this like part of like my subtle body that shows up in that's strong enough to show up in someone else's dream and show them whatever they need to be shown um whether it's like you're fucking badass or like you know like here have this experience of love um because they saw my smile and that to me like just blows me away because I didn't I have nothing to do with that like I definitely am not trying I've I've tried to go into people's dreams but they didn't call me it was other people (laughs) that I didn't that I that I haven't been trying with and that's been really prevalent in the last few years where people are just like you showed up in my dream with this amazing uh leopard coat and I'm like (laughs) I don't have that leopard coat, but I want one now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I I love, I love how these teachings and this practice is like, it's something to add in your life that sort of explodes everything. And it's not a religion. It's something that just heightens your experience as a human and weaves into everything else to make you have a grander life. (laughs) It's a beautiful, beautiful tool. What are like three projects that you're excited about? So three projects I'm excited about are one, I make these malas, the tantric malas. Um, They're part of the Kundalini yoga tradition. And I use a person's astrology to make their own personal mala. Um, So I love just, again, like connecting a little deeper than, than, than what we have out there and just being able to look at their elements what they're missing, what's going on in their current charts. So I hope to uh, further expand my tantric mala business. Um, I'll be studying for my license for my master's in social work and then uh, working on recovery organization resources to disrupt more of the narrative of addiction that you can heal um, in so many different ways that treatment isn't the only way that there are tools like Kundalini yoga. There are nutritional tools. There are tools that are not expensive and there's so many resources out there that exist that resources just don't even have to look like finances. Resources can look like your network just being really resourced. So I'm looking for definitely um, for my own self and organization, just being like nourished in that way, um, that resource and, and feeling like there's a big well of really cold water to drink out of whenever I want. (laughs) Yes, I love it. I was, I was trying to figure out like, what's my title? And I was just like, you know what, I'm just like a resource manager, but that doesn't sound fun or esoteric or like, (laughs) (laughs) 
find something else that like makes that same vibe but yeah it's definitely just resources <laughs> yeah like the maybe like uh, the eternal spring of uh bountiful uh water or something like that you know like and and that's the thing too like creating a new world means like being descriptive in a way that's n- like yeah you're definitely not just a resource manager like you're <laughs> So much more than that and like even the way that we're talking about resources now we know that resources aren't just you know finances they're like your network they're like the amount of food like where you get your food like that resource you know and the sun is a resource and and it's like being a connector in so many ways and that just is a whole other thing so yeah I I love it <laughs> and I guess we'll like close up with um how can people find you and your offerings right now? Yes, people can find me on every platform pretty much. Um, I am on Instagram. You can DM me directly at Saja, S-A-Z-H-A dot Alexandra, A-L-E-X-A-N-D-R-A. Facebook, also Saja Alexandra. Um, you can find my malas at, at Jyoti Makande, J-O-T-I-M-U. K-N-D-E on Instagram and also my website, www.jotimakande.com. And then also if you're a person that's struggling with substance abuse or has a family member that's struggling with substance abuse, you can reach out to me anytime. I'm here to help anyone navigate through those systems. I have a recovery housing Facebook group for anyone that's looking for recovery houses. It's a national group uh, with over 700 members. And I am also providing readings and consultations for tantric malas at uh, Jyoti Makande. So I'm here to help and serve all the humans that need it. <laughs> and you also have um, um, a fundraiser right now, don't you? Yes, I do. Thanks so much for bringing that up. So right now we are committed to raising a million dollars for Black, Indigenous, people of color and veterans to support recovery houses that in turn supports their recovery journey. So we know that a lot of people lost funding um, and jobs this because of COVID and for many other reasons. So we're specifically and independently raising money and we just raised we just supported the first LGBTQIA house in the state of Virginia. And we just supported a woman for her first month in a recovery house. So it's amazing to be able to do stuff like that. If you need access to the fund or if you are someone that wants to donate, please reach out at info at recoveryorganization.com. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for hopping on. This is a great combo. And I know that the listeners will enjoy all of the little juicy bits. <laughs> Thanks so much, Mariah. You are such an amazing Kundalini yoga human. (laughs) Thank you for existing.